Good morning, world. Welcome to another episode of Zendependently Minded. If you are a new or returning listener, I hope you enjoy this episode. If you're interested in more awesome combat sports podcasts, stay tuned because it's only going to get bigger and better from here. And share Zendependently Minded with everyone you know, even if they're not really into combat sports because this podcast eventually might evolve into something bigger and better than combat sports. Um, it'll always have a little bit of MMA and boxing in it, but you know it could get bigger and just put people on the amazing sport um, that is boxing and MMA. Um, put them on it and do them a favor and they'll thank you later. And Yeah, share the podcast with them. So, welcome back to another episode. Uh, obviously, this podcast episode is going to be on UFC 257, but this is the first first episode of the year of 2021. I was going to do an episode last week, of course, on the the fight night that um, the fight night that had Max Holloway and Calvin Cater fighting in the main event, but I lost my voice because of a couple other projects I was doing, um, doing some audiobook things, so my voice was like gone and it sounded horrible and I didn't want to do an episode with that but I wish I was able to somehow I mean if you follow me on Twitter you see that I predicted a fourth round stoppage TKO for Max Holloway which technically I wasn't correct fight should have been stopped um (laughs) it should have been stopped in the fourth round wouldn't um the ref should have stopped I think it was Herb Dean who was refereeing that fight um Doctor could have stopped it at the end of the fourth round, um, but, you know, I was pretty accurate uh, as far as the beatdown went. Um, I was a little concerned going in, but, you know, I knew that Max had it in the bag, and I think one of the big things, one of the biggest reasons why Max has looked so fresh uh, is probably because he hasn't been sparring for the past two two fight camps. I think he said the last time he sparred was for the first Volkanovski fight, so... It's probably why he's looked so fresh and looked so good, and I'm hoping to see him um, maybe get the next title shot after Volkanovski and Ortega fight, um, whoever whoever wins at that one, um, because Max is probably still getting into his prime. He's done so many amazing things, um, only being 29 years old, and it's it's really impressive, and I'm really excited to see what the future has in store for him. Um, moving on to this card, though... Uh, Super excited, obviously. I don't. It goes without saying. You guys know me, biggest Conor McGregor fan out there. I got two bottles of proper twelve whiskey. My house. Um, I got an August McGregor shirt that cost way too much because shipping it to where I'm living from where they come out of is a, uh, you know, cost a lot. But, and I've seen every single one of his fights. Um, I've watched uh, almost all of his. UFC fights recently live because I only got into the sport recently but you know I've I've seen all of his professional fights every professional fight of his that you can find on the internet whether it's on YouTube or some shady site or fight pass I've seen it um I'm I'm his biggest fan so definitely I'm going to be as unbiased as possible when I go into my analysis and prediction for that main event about uh between him and Dustin Poirier but starting off at the beginning Beginning of the card. So there's been a few fights that have been dropped, I believe, throughout this entire event. I believe three fighters have missed weight. I don't know if that's, I don't know if all three fights have been dropped or what. 
but I do know um, there was a prelim card, a prelim, uh, a prelim fight between a couple guys. I think that was moved up to the main card because Ottoman Azatar, oh, I guess he he broke safety protocol, security protocol. He brought in, um, he had someone from outside of the bubble bring some duffel bag. He, he gave he cut off his wristband, gave it to the guy. Dana White's been over it. I'm sure you guys who are listening have heard and know all the details. Um, but I mean, it was dangerous. Could have could have put uh, a lot of fighters, a lot of employees' health at jeopardy. Could have put the event on at uh, jeopardy. So, you know, the UFC cut that guy. So he's moved out, and the fights have been shifted. But my predictions for the f- the five fight main card pretty sure is accurate. So correct me if I'm wrong, and I'll, I'll do corrections. Put it on my Twitter and my. Um, all the pages I have the podcast on, but starting off with the first fight of the card, of the main card, uh, it's a women's strawweight bout between Marina Rodriguez and Amanda Hebus. Uh, this is gonna be, this is gonna be a really fun fight because it's between two real tough female fighters. Um, Marina's coming off of a loss against Carlos Barza, and Amanda is coming off of a submission win in the first round against Paige Van Zant. Um, Paige Van Zant has, he's, she's really been on the upward trend of popularity recently just because, you know, how sweet she seems, um, how friendly she seems, but also at the same time, how good her jujitsu is. Um, because I, she's only 27 years old, but, you know, she submitted Paige Van Zant. Um, I know she has, I think she has a few submissions in her MMA career. Um, like I said, she's a black belt. She's got a black belt in jiu-jitsu black belt and judo um and she only has one loss in her entire mixed martial arts pro career that was by knockout so gotta watch out for that um but as far as her ability to take the fight to the ground uh we saw that really quickly she did it really quickly against uh Paige Van Zandt um and she's had she's shown in the past in other promotions the ability to knock people out as well um but She's mostly known for her submissions. He had, she has knee bar submissions, rear naked choke submissions. She had that arm bar against Paige Van Zant. So I am going to favor um, Amanda in this fight. But, you know, anything could happen. Uh, we'll see how fresh Marina Rodriguez is. Um, you know, her last fight was back in July of last year. So maybe she's had some time to heal. Maybe she, we'll see some rust from her. Um, it's not that. I mean, it's it's been about six. So what is that? six months since she fought last fought so we'll see how that goes but I am going to favor Amanda and I do think that she's going to submit Marina in the second round moving on to this middleweight bout I'm going to be honest I don't know much about Andrew Sanchez looking through his uh, UFC career he looks like he you know he's got he started off his career with a couple decision wins got knocked out a couple times so he's a win some and lose some guy but he is coming off of a knockout um of Wellington Wellington Terman. Man, try to say that five times really fast. Um and that that knockout was just back in August, so it wasn't that long ago. Um so it's an impressive feat there. Um he's fighting he's fighting a guy that's a couple years younger than him, Mahmoud Muradov. Um Mahmoud Muradov, I was doing a little bit of research on him, doing a little film study on him. He actually just fought last month. Uh, he knocked out Trevor Smith. Um He's on he's on a small win streak I believe, um, and he's got power in his hands. We we saw that in his knockout in December. So 
definitely we might see some fireworks in this fight coming up and um Mahmoud is a he's a kickboxer I believe he's from the Czech Republic um trains out of Las Vegas something like that um he's also part of the the money team Floyd Mayweather's team um so that's pretty it's pretty impressive but looking at his career the guy's on a serious win streak uh last time he lost was in 2016 it was by doctor stoppage and it was against a dude that probably no one has heard of um yeah but before the knockout on trevor uh the knockout of trevor smith he also beat alicio de chirico who we saw recently fight he beat him by decision so he's coming in riding um an impressive win streak and i do think he's going to continue that win streak and i do think he's going to knock out andrew sanchez uh, what round is it? What round do I think that's going to be? I think that's going to be in the first round. I think it's going to be quick. Um, and he's just going to add more, add more heat to his stock that's growing right now. Moving on to the third bout on this main card. We have a women's flyweight fight between Joanne Calderwood and the girl that nobody likes, Jessica I. So I don't really have to say anything, um, I'm not a big fan of Jessica either. She just rubs me the wrong way. Um, I wish, wish nothing bad against her, but I just not a big fan. Um, Joanne Calderwood is coming off of a submission loss against Jennifer Maya, and I believe Jessica I. So in the fight that she missed weight, her most recent fight was in 2020. Of course, she lost the decision against. Cynthia Calvillo, she she actually got completely dominated in that fight. She was basically taken down, held, and just completely outstruck. Cynthia landed more than double the amount of strikes that she did, and it was pathetic. And then also the fact that she missed weight, and then was so, like, ah, she was just so arrogant about it, and kind of begging, just asking to be criticized. I don't know. It's It was annoying, but... So these are two flyweights that... You know, they win some and they lose some, and they're not, they're not really at the top of the heap as, felt, as far as their division goes. And I, I also don't know why they're this high up on the main card. Uh, there are better fights in the prelims. Like I said, that Matt Frivola fight should have been higher up. Um, Armin, Armin Sar, Sarukian's fight should have been higher up too. Um, Brad Tavares, um, I, don't, I don't know, I'm not going to say Brad Tavares... And his fight with Antonio Carlos Jr. was better. Um, both guys, I think, are coming off knockout losses. But Jessica, I on the main card. Come on, man. So I think that this fight is going to go to decision. Both both girls um, haven't gotten a finish in a while. They're not the biggest finishers. So I think this could go to decision. And I think we could see a a fight that stays stays on the feet. Um, with Joanne get. Um, losing by submission recently and Jessica getting dominated on the ground recently, we could see them stand up and um, hopefully we see a good stand-up fight and hopefully neither person gets injured and they come out, but I would like to see an entertaining fight. I do ultimately think that Jessica's going to come out on top if the fight does stay up on the feet. Um, she probably has a little chip on her shoulder just because of the amount of hate she's gotten recently and from her last loss. So I do think Jessica I will win by decision. So moving on to the spicy stuff, the the real exciting stuff. The co-main event fight between UFC newcomer Michael Chandler and Dan Hooker. 
So this is a, this is going to be a tough one for me to decide because I've been I've been following Dan Hooker for a very long time. Um, in the past, I've stated I wasn't the biggest fan of him. He didn't look too impressive against Dustin Poirier. Uh, he looked really impressive against Ally Quinta, though. Uh, and then, you know, he was able to uh, squeak by with that decision win over Paul Felder. Um, a lot of people felt that Paul Felder won that fight. I do agree with the decision, though, with Dan Hooker, but that's all in the past. That doesn't matter. Um, you know, it's a new it's a new day. It's a new fight. Could be a totally new fighter as far as Dan Hooker is concerned and as far as the fans are concerned. Um yeah, Dan Hooker has has strength. Um he's got length. He's uh, what I meant to say is he has reach. He's got power. We've seen him knock a lot of uh we've seen him knock out a lot of impressive people over the years. Um he knocked out Gilbert Burns back when Gilbert Burns was back down at lightweight. So, he has that power and he's totally able and willing to knock someone out. On the other hand, Michael Chandler, you know, he's getting up there in age. I believe he's, 30, he's 34 years old, so he might be coming out of his prime. Um, you know, he was big, big, there was big talk of him coming to the UFC for many years and he finally came. Um, he he did a lot of great, he had a lot of accomplishments. He has a lot of accomplishments from Bellator, I know. He was the lightweight champion for a while over there. He did beat Eddie Alvarez. He beat Benson Henderson. Um, I do also believe back when Eddie was in Bellator before he came to the UFC, I think Eddie beat him also. So they kind of have they have one apiece, I believe. Um, uh, and when this fight was first made, I thought completely like probably like 85, 90% chance Dan Hooker wins. Um, I still do think Dan Hooker's going to win, but the strength for Michael Chandler is going to come in his wrestling because he's a solid wrestler. He's got a lot of finishes. He's got like nine knockouts, seven submissions, I think. So the submission game is dangerous. But on the other hand, Dan Hooker does have submission wins also. And it's hard to take Dan Hooker down because he's such a long guy. And it's hard to get in range without getting clipped. Um, and he doesn't get taken down often. So in order to you know, beat Dan Hooker on the ground, obviously you got to be on top, you don't want to be on bottom, that's, it's a dangerous, dangerous place to be, um, we saw, we saw what it was like when Dan Hooker was on top of Ally Quinta, Ally Quinta couldn't do anything, um, so, as far as, as far as this fight goes, I think, you know, the keys to the game, the keys to this bout for Michael Chandler, um, he needs to play towards his strength, um, if he doesn't knock out Dan on the feet, he's going to have to rely on his wrestling. And I, I just think it's going to be hard to knock out Dan because we've seen how durable he is. I think the last time he got finished or knocked out was, it was just, it was the brutal body shots that he took against Edson Barbosa, which was years ago. So, and like I said, Dan Hooker has serious reach advantage. It looks like he has, oh, it's not as big as I thought. He's got a nine centimeter reach advantage over Chandler. So, and then, you know, on the other hand, Michael Chandler is a really good athlete. We've seen him, we've seen how shredded he is over the years. So Michael Chandler will probably earn my respect. Well, he'll earn more respect because I already respect him. Like I've said in the past, I respect all fighters, um, no matter what their record is, no matter what promotion they're in. Um, none of that matters. If you step in the octagon, if you step in the ring, um, 
you fight in the grass, whatever, fight in the streets, which are crazy, super dangerous. If you fight at all um, in any kind of competition, I got respect for you because it takes a different breed of human to do that. Um, but I do think Dan Hooker is going to win. I think his length and his reach and his striking ability is going to be too good for Michael Chandler. And I do think Dan Hooker is going to win by decision. But there's going to be some ups and down moments in this fight, and it's going to be exciting. Both guys are going to, you know, they're going to hug it out, shake shake hands, and I, I don't think it will be the last fight for either guys, of course. Moving on to the main event. I'm, like, super excited. I'm near speechless just because of how excited I am for this fight. Um, I'm the biggest Conor McGregor fan on earth. You know, I actually came came to grip reality last year when Connor retired. Um, I, I accepted it. You know, I thought Connor was probably too frustrated. He might move on to boxing, focus on his business, focus on his family. I really thought he was retired and I was happy for him because at the end of the day, I'm a huge Connor McGregor fan, but I am also a huge fan of the sport, period. So I'm going to continue watching the sport with or without Connor. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of a lot of guys, so it it's not the end of the world, and it was a little sad, because Connor looked good in the Cowboy fight, but I did want to see more from him, and I know he wanted to fight three times a year, and all. I'm sure you guys, once you've listened to this, this probably isn't the first little bit of, uh, media and coverage of the, of the fight card coming up that you listen to. It's probably, like, the end of your list. If you're already, like, a subscriber or a listener... I appreciate you for listening, and if you're a newcomer, I hope you I hope you like uh, and enjoy this podcast. But as far as Connor goes, of course, he's coming off of a knockout win um, of Cowboy it's a little over a year ago. So it's been a year. Apparently, Connor he said he's been fighting in like he's been he's been training a lot. He's been super focused, and he's had a, some small fights um, on the side. He said so. But he said he wants to get some time in the octagon. And then, of course, Dustin is coming off of that that fight of the night. Um, people consider fight of the year contender um, bout between him and Dan Hooker, which was, uh, I don't remember when that was. I think it was October, November last year, maybe. I'm not sure. During during the coronavirus, it time's kind of melded into one, and it's been flowing by, and January's already almost over, so it's pretty crazy. But... Um, getting back to the topic, uh, both guys are coming off of wins in different fashions, but we saw just also how durable Dustin Poirier was in that fight with Dan Hooker because there were times when they were just throwing their entire bodies and then some into shots, and for the most part, neither guy really got wobbled. I know Dan Dan's knees kind of buckled um, on one of the shots that Dustin threw at him, and that's just because Dustin's hooks are powerful. Uh, I remember... When I was doing my own kind of training last year, just hitting the bag, staying in shape, didn't plan on fighting or anything, I I emulated and copied a lot of stuff that Dustin does when he trains, like with his medicine balls, because he's one of the most explosive um, and exciting strikers and boxers in the game. So uh, I know his kick game has kind of dwindled a lot uh, recently because I believe he's had a hip surgery so he's not going to be as flexible. He's never going to be the same as he was when he was younger. So his kick game is, uh, it's not it's not what he used to be. He never was a huge kicker uh, to begin with, but 
So his kicks are not going to really be a factor for Connor. I don't think. Um, of course, I'm not. I'm not one of Connor's trainers. I'm not one of his coaches. So thankfully, they're not listening to me because Dustin could come out and head kick Connor and knock him out. You never know. Anything could happen. Um, these two guys have a lot of respect for each other, as we've seen in the. There's not really been any trash talk. Um, there was a little bit of an intense moment when they were making eye contact and when they met up on that in that uh face off after the ceremonial weigh in but there's respect and it's exciting to see one of the things uh it's it's great to see because that's what martial arts is about at the end of the day respect um and putting your all into your craft and then respecting the other person for getting the best of you if that does happen and uh, one of the things that I was thinking about um because though everyone knows how the first fight go went, Connor predicted a knockout inside 90 seconds. He did so, knocked out Dustin, um, and then Mystic Mac. The nickname came came to fruition. And then you know the leading up to that fight, there was a lot of trash talk. Dustin Dustin really got he rushed at Connor uh, at the weigh-ins the first time they fought. Um, slapped his hand when he put his hand up at him, taunting him and. Um, when when the rules were being gone over in the middle of lockdown before the fight. So, you know, everybody everybody knows the history. Um, so I do think Connor being respectful is possibly throwing off Dustin. I know Dust Dustin did look a little uncomfortable to me in the at the press conference. Um take it with a grain of salt though, body language, um some people just look into body language way too much and um and then they give it too much power and then they're completely wrong when the fight comes so but connor or dustin did look a little uncomfortable and he's probably has been thrown off a little bit leading up to this fight just not having any trash talk because everyone knows connor as this big brash trash talker and then he usually can back it up with the exception of nate diaz one and khabib of course so I think that might throw Dustin off a little bit, but at the end of the day, Dustin has fought under some big lights. He's been the underdog before, and he's come through. Um, I don't think he's going to come through on this, though. I really don't. Um, just looking at, just looking at how reckless Dustin was in the in his last fight with Dan Hooker. Um, he maybe he was coming, maybe he came out like trying too hard to get a finish because he wanted to get recognized again because he just got dominated by Khabib. I'm not sure, but just looking at how reckless he was, um, granted he looked durable as heck and he took, he ate all those shots, um, you know, every, every kind of shot, no matter who it's from, could be completely different, like I said earlier, Dan Hooker has a lot of power, but, um, precision beats power, as anybody who knows anything about striking in combat sports knows, precision beats power, um, and then I think, the the quote goes timing beats speed um so as far as as far as this the striking like styles and stats for these for connor and dustin i i just don't see dustin being able to take a precise perfectly timed perfectly placed left counter punch from connor the way that he was taking those shots from dan um i could be completely wrong i don't think the first shot's gonna put dustin out um, and I'm not saying that Connor's going to knock Dustin out at all, but I just, I don't think that that recklessness, um, 
and then basically trying to go toe to toe with Connor. It hasn't worked for anybody. Um, it worked for Nate Diaz in the first fight when he wobbled Connor, but Connor was really low on energy in that fight because he completely blew his load and he had staph infection. So it's a, that's a that's a lesser known fact, but um, you know, do the research. You can see that I'm not pulling it out of my butt. Um, yeah, going toe to toe with Connor um, is not is not recommended. Uh, it's never gone well for anybody. As, as, especially in the UFC, um, I believe Luke Thomas put this out on his Twitter recently. The the only two people that have ever beat Connor in the first round were Chad Mendes when Chad Mendes took him to the ground and landed some ground and pound and cut. I think he cut open um, Connor's eyebrow with an elbow, and then also of course Khabib beat Connor in the first round because he took him down, completely controlled the fight there, but. Every other fight that Connor's ever been in in the UFC, he's won in the first. He's won because, you know, he outstrikes you. He's got pace. He's got precision, and he's got power. And I, I only think that his power has gotten better. He's looked bigger, and he looked drained. He looked a little bit drained in the um. He looked a little bit drained at the weigh-ins. So did Dustin, um, because we know Dust Connor fought at 170 um last January against Cowboy, and he's just. He's just looked bigger and bulkier and stronger, and he's he's worked with his McGregor Fast people and worked on his conditioning. Um, that's what I believe. That's why I've been led to believe, and that is that's really truly what I think has been going on. So, you know, earlier earlier on, I predicted that Connor was going to knock out Dustin, maybe in the third or fourth round, um, but now I I'm kind of leaning towards a decision win. But I I think Connor is going to look great. I think he's going to 50-45 or maybe even 50-44 Dustin. Um and I'm and I'm confident in making that prediction because while Dustin at the end of the day is a great fighter and a great striker um like Connor said, great is still levels below what he is and I think we're going to see that this weekend. Um I'm super excited for it. Here in Germany, the the main <laughs> the main card starts at 4, so yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough one staying up for the prelims, the early prelims, and then making it. But you know, I've done it before. I've done it for fights that I was, you know, less interested in. Done it for fight nights, so it's gonna be awesome. I'm super excited. And after that, we got some football games. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, thank you for listening, and make sure you tune in to the next episode for next week. Um, I hope you're having a better 2021 and stay safe. Stay away from all the crazy people. Thank you.